I can't find the thing. The the thing? The, the, the thing. There's the thing that goes to the beginning. Oh, the, the thing. The thing. The thing. thing. Um, thing. Um, yes. Um, mm. It's around here somewhere. I, I, usually, I usually keep it in the folder next to all the other stuff. So when I'm editing, it all just goes together. Yeah, it's usually usually right here. At the, it's about there, right? Yeah, so I do like the skits up here, and then I do the, the audio edit down here, and then mm. I've got the da-da-da-da-da, and then, then the final edit mix goes in a, in a separate Audacity window. Yeah! I... Mm. <clears throat> Maybe we can entice it out. Right. Let's see if there's some kind of call for it. Like, um... Da, 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 da. That doesn't seem to be working, does it? Think, think, I can think. Oh, here he comes! Strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane Eris Magnet. And welcome to another episode of Queer Unpleasant Strangers. It's a podcast. Two queer trans ladies have a bit of a talk about our weeks and the things what we've done. Yeah. You looked very confused during the uh, opening. Um, there's, there. there's, there's some very strange adverts for clothing on, on, on your screen. Oh, yeah, the. um... Don't piss off old people. Yes, definitely not being worn by an old person. Don't piss off old people. The older we get, the less life in prison is a deterrent. That is uh, not an old man wearing that no. don't piss off old people shirt. No. That is very much a mid-twenties, early thirties buff man. At least. Yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> I apologize that I have the internet open with distractions during recording. I'm easily distracted. Yeah. This is it's queer and pleasant strangers. It's it a is. podcast. Two queer trans ladies. We talk about the media we've consumed in the week. We start off as ever this week with things we've played. What have you played this week? Uh we played some things together. Tell me about what we've played together. We played Cthulhu Wars Duel. Yes, we did. Um, <laughs> After two hours of reading the manual. Yes, a game that is <laughs> relatively simple, but that made its instruction manual so confusing that I... It's a badly written manual. It's badly written. Took us two hours to go through the instructions. I fell asleep at one point. You did? Yeah, it... Mm. I persevered. Yeah, do you, want to, do you want to explain this game? Because the... I mean, I can it's... explain it in a sensible way, or I can explain it the way the game explains itself. Explain it in the sensible way first. Uh, it's an area control game where you are great old ones from the, the Lovecraft, Marth, Lovecraft mythos, um, and you are trying to you know, get your cultists together to open portals, to summon through various sizes of monsters... And and eventually summon your great old one, and in the meantime you're generating spells to make yourself stronger and move things more forward. Game plays in about an hour, maybe two hours. Uh, you'll probably you know go through the 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 sort of I think four or or five phases. Yeah, and you'll probably go through those like four to six times. Yeah, we we because I, I during the instructions or during watching a video on YouTube mm. they were saying sort of like yeah five five to six is about the average and, and we got to round two I was like this is good 
This is going to take the, ages. The, the game really sped up in rounds three through five. It's got a weird pacing to it. It really ramps up. Yeah. It doesn't outstay its welcome. Yeah. So the basic idea of this game is you have your units in your various factions, be it uh, the Black Goat or Cthulhu, and uh, you, you get additional spending power in future rounds by controlling areas and having gates in certain areas. Mm-hmm. Um, so by controlling... Areas and gates, you get more spending power for future rounds, which lets you summon in more units, which lets you get more area control. Uh, And you can do combat-based clashes, where each of your units for each specific class will have different abilities that impact how they do combat. Um, Ultimately, it comes down to dice rolls, but there are modifiers you can unlock that are things like... Uh, you did this objective on the board, therefore pick one of your additional skills to add to your repertoire. Do all your various modifiers that you might have a an, you might have a creature that's like when the battle starts, just devour a thing straight away. Nom, nom, nom. Uh, or it might be if you've got some of these units in the battle, then this thing gets to to roll more dice. And basically, you're rolling. What is it? Five? Uh, is it sixes or fives and sixes gets you actual kills? Six is a kill. Fours and fives are pains. Everything else is a miss. Yeah. So it's basically stack it as best you can to get a higher number of dice to roll, so that you've got a better chance of getting some kills in. Yep. Um. What did you, What did you think? Uh, it It wasn't bad. It was. It's. It relies too heavily on dice roll. There's. There's not enough of a way to mitigate the dice rolls. Yeah, like, like I don't mind games where we roll dice. Like I have played the crap out of too many bones. Yeah. Um. Well, we've got another game we'll talk about uh, shortly today. That's a dice roll one that yeah. had better mechanics for we've, that. We've played a lot of games where you roll dice. Um. Yeah. Uh, this stuffed even. Yeah. This seems to have decided that. Being able to roll a larger number of dice is an adequate replacement for being able to re-roll or modify dice, and I don't think either of us likes that approach to dice roll games. You're random. Yeah, yeah. Like obviously... Because you can get the same the, the 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 problem that you have in like Risk or something else, where like it doesn't matter if you've got thirteen dice to roll, if none of them are a kill or even a pain. Yeah. Which is statistically unlikely, but still entirely possible because game theory. Um but like it's 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 not fun when somebody's like, Oh yeah, well I've only got like six dice to roll, oh well I've got thirteen. Well, you got all kills and I got fuck all. Yeah. It's I see what they're trying to do is they're trying to create a very simple, easy to understand, asymmetric, um, area control game. And what they're trying to do and what they they repeatedly explain throughout the manual is they're trying to make an affordable cut-down version of Cthulhu Wars, which is a huge miniatures game that's very Ah. expensive and very complicated. I I have some problems with this game's instructions. Not only were they needlessly lengthy and convoluted and made the game sound a lot more complicated than it was, um, they keep making references to expansions we don't have. Yes. Uh, like, it, the whole thing about Cthulhu Wars Duel is, hey, do you like Cthulhu Wars, or do you want to try Cthulhu Wars, but without all the miniatures and all the other crappy plastic and stuff? And, you know, be able to get it to the table more often. Here is a two-player variant that is, you know, very specifically designed to be a more streamlined version of that. And there are only two elder gods or, or old ones in the uh, the 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 this box, 
but we will repeatedly use examples involving yeah old ones you don't have that's that's the thing that irritated me it's not that they kept trying to upsell the expansions but that they used the expansions as the examples for how certain moves work where it's like oh this this element of gameplay uh works like this as you can see with this old god you don't have like we literally did not have the cards to reference that they were talking about to properly understand the examples they were laying the out the ones that was getting me worse than that was oh it's usually like this blah 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 unless you're using this elder god i'm not we don't have it here's an example using that elder god why we don't need yeah, it you've there's You've made a massive waste of paper in the yeah. starting box. There's there's also a lot of like weird wording on the rules where you had to sort of intuit. Oh, the reason they've worded that in a weirdly vague way is because is probably because an elder god we don't have works differently. Yeah. Like it's like oh, any number of uh, of your biggest units. Well, there's only one of each of the biggest. Oh no, that okay. A different class oh, has see. multiples. This this thing that we've referenced several times now that isn't in this box. That this manual is only for this box. Surely, no. Yeah. They, they want to account for everything. So I'm guessing that should you buy any of those other expansion gods, there's nothing in there. There's gonna yeah. be no manual. It's just gonna be what some cardboard. And, and a new yeah. starting board like th- it, th- they could sell them as basically just a, a sh- sheet of card yeah a punch board. It, it sure is a choice they made um a bad choice yeah a bad choice like, i didn't have a bad time playing but it was just it wasn't rec- great or recommendable yeah it, it nothing it, about this makes me go oh you need to check this out no and and for like a, a brand new game that's supposed to do a whole new thing they fucked it up yeah also just a side note the 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 video tutorial we tried to watch um which was like the only one really available at the time there of recording. There was a couple they were much much longer. Yeah, the only like short and reasonable length one um was constantly 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 assuming you've played the full game of Cthulhu Wars and explaining it in reference to that not actually explaining to you yeah. like if you're just coming to this how how does it work? You can pretty much learn to play this game reading the back of the manual like the the quick start guide. Honestly, and yeah. And then for anything you go, "Oh, does is this a thing? Actually look into the manual to the yeah. specific pages for, for a full breakdown. The the back page turn order breakdown is a much more concise, like, oh, I actually understand what the flow of this game is. Yeah. Uh, they did a bad job. Yeah. So that's Cthulhu Wars Duel by, I think it's Sandy Peterson Games. <sighs> you did a bad job. What have you played? Uh, well, since last week, I've been playing Cooking Mum and Cooking Mama Cook Star. You're, you're getting surrounded by that stuff, huh? Yeah, I've been playing it on the PS5 because the PS4 version of that game came out. Um, short summary of the nonsense around this game: a year ago, a game called Cooking Mama Cook Star came to the Switch. It was released digitally on the eShop, and then about two hours later, taken down. Uh, Office Creates, who own the licensing rights to Cookin' Mama, said that Planet Entertainment, who developed the game, A, released it without Office Creates' permission because uh, Office Creates had a contractual thing that was like, it has to be of this level of quality before you release it. It hadn't met that quality bar, it got released anyway, that's why it got taken off the eShop. 
also Office Creates was like, hey, while we're at it, we only licensed them to make a Switch version. They've been advertising a PS4 version. We did not give them permission to make a PS4 version. No. So a year goes by, and a PS4 version starts showing up in North America. Only at, like, Target and Walmart, not at any gaming retailers. Um, a couple of days after that, it goes up on the PSN store, and I... I cannot work out for the life of me whether the legal situation around this game has changed at all, or whether this has just been pushed out weirdly. Because uh, the short version is, it's only available in North America, which is weird and suspect as fuck, and it really seems like them releasing it in a territory where Office Creates uh, doesn't have offices because they're a Japanese-based company and they're basically trying to, like, be funny about it. Mm. Um, Office Creates and the official Cooking Mama Twitter have not acknowledged the existence of this PS4 version of the game. Even when you've asked them. Yep, the Office Creates website still has a big red banner with an exclamation mark saying, PS4 version not official, do not buy it. Yeah, but when you asked them, they just referred you back to that statement. <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. I suspect that Office Creates isn't saying anything because they're probably gearing up for legal action. Like, Makes sense. It, it's probably a case of we shouldn't say anything because legal stuff. Um, I tried to get answers out of Planet Entertainment. I was like, hey, <laughs> has anything changed since a year ago when Office Creates said you didn't have the rights to do this? And they spent a week trying to fob me off with increasingly large numbers of copies of this game and. A suspiciously large affiliate link. Wasn't uh, it like twenty percent or something? Yeah, they were offering me ten dollars per sale of the game through an affiliate link on a forty dollar game. That's a twenty-five percent of the sale price per copy sold. Which <laughs> I didn't accept that affiliate link because that seems suspect as fuck. Supposed <laughs> like to be involved in crime. Uh yeah. So I ended up uh, accepting a couple of digital codes for the game, I gave one to the other Cooking Mama Cookstar speedrunner that e exists. So, mm -hmm. me, me and Val, I was like, "Look, I'll take code. I want to know what this does to the speedrunning community, and I want to make sure that my, my fellow speedrunner can keep pace." Um, and then some physical copies showed up today, so that's that's fun. So it definitely exists. Uh, was there a manual? Uh, there was no manual, but there was some interesting information to be gleaned from the disc itself on the back of the box. So uh, I, I learned some interesting stuff. But I've been playing the PS4 version of Cookstar. It's a better version than the Switch port, which is surprising to me, because I expected this was just going to be a rush job, kicked out the door, pushed out the door, like, last minute. Have you noticed your PS4 overheating? <laughs> no, I have not. <laughs> I've been keeping it on the PS5. It's been running fine. Um... Yeah, so I expected this to be just, like, the laziest possible port, but um, where the Switch version has two modes and you have to be in one mode or the other, which is either buttons and sticks or motion, all or nothing, this game uses a combination of various inputs. It uses buttons and sticks for some inputs, motions for some, and it has touchscreen support mm. with the little touchpad on the PlayStation mm -hmm. controller, which... Even in handheld mode, the Switch had no touchscreen support. Um, it also has, like, the light colours on the controller change when you're doing badly or do when you're doing well, then sounds come out the controller. They put some effort into this. Um, from a speedrunning perspective, oh my god, the PS4 version on PS5 is the way to speedrun. Um, loading times basically don't exist anymore. Um, 
on an average recipe, I could shave 30 seconds off of, off of my personal best. Uh, on, like, first attempt at a recipe, 30 seconds better than the fastest time I'd ever got after practice. Oh, um, largely based on uh, decreased loading time, but also because uh, certain animations seem to be playing at a faster pace. Okay. Um, the game runs at 60 frames a second compared to 30 frames a second on Switch, and it seems like some of the animations, they've not added additional frames, they've just played that animation at twice the frame rate, which means that like certain things complete twice as fast. Nice. Um, additionally, the touchscreen support in particular, really, really, really big time saver for some of the... Some of the mini-games that were particular time sticks for me, uh, things that I got really stuck on, particularly scrubbing dirt off potatoes, <laughs> something that was really difficult to do with the analog stick, I can do really fast with the touchscreen now. Clean a potato. Yeah, so... I can't say I recommend this maybe a crime cooking mama game on <laughs> PS4. Uh, but if I, you do, here's an affiliate link. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't accept the affiliate link, but I keep being like, maybe I should go back and take it. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> Fuck it. Um, but like, from a speedrunning perspective, I did not expect it to be this drastic of a change and for me to be like, oh, this is the version I'm going to be speedrunning now. Um... So, interesting from a speedrunning perspective, but, like, this is better than the Switch version. It's still not a great Cook and Mama game. No. Um, so, yeah, that that's Cook and Mama Cook Star. Uh, well, what about you? What have you played this week? We played an other board game. Tell me about an other board game that we played. We played X-Men Mutant Inter Insurrection. And this is, a, this is another dice-based game, but a better one mechanically. Yes. Uh, wow. There's a lot to explain here. So you've got uh, the the X persons. Yep. Um, there is so you've got like uh, the X Men mansion, which is yep. represents three cards. We can go and recover health or or and or train up. Um, you have uh, like some story cards. You have villain cards. Yeah. You have mutant cards, which can come and assist you. You have bond cards, so you can form bonds with other players. Yeah. Um. You have uh, a whole threat, three three th threat decks that get progressively yeah. harder. There is so much I, going on in this game. I, I think the best way to explain it to someone who's not played it is this is a uh, a dice a dice rolling game with a lot of modifiers in order to try and get through various challenges, mm -hmm. uh, and you're basically trying to get through a bunch of story missions before a threat counter reaches the top end of a of a scale. Um, and the reason that you might not go for the story missions every single time is uh, occasionally other smaller missions will get turned over, and those being turned over might increase the speed at which you go up the threat track, so you need to manage the small missions while trying to get through the big story mission. Yeah, it's it's a mission-based dice rolling game. But you have, like, as I said, so I mentioned training earlier, you have ways of getting, like, little tokens, and you can hold one at yeah. a time, and that might be something you can use to complete part of a mission. Yeah. The symbols on the dice are, there's, there's I think, what, four symbols total? Yeah, there's, like, punchy, DNA. DNA, the X-Men symbol, and uh, villainy. Yes. And depending on what colour of dice you're using, they will be, like, different spread of, well, like, the red dice are yeah. more punchy. And the yellow dice, I think, have got more DNA. Yeah. And the blue dice have more X-Men power. It, it reminded me in some ways of a little bit like Flatline, in that yes. it's one of those games where you have 
various rows of symbols that you have to roll the right things on the dice to fill out the rows, and then you can put a little thing over it to be like, I did that mm -hmm. row of stuff. And when you do all the rows of um, putting symbols down, that card's cleared off the board. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the one of those kind of games. Um, yeah, I like the variety of ways that you can influence your roles. Um, as a default, every character has um, two times that they can uh, per per round that they can re-roll as many dice as they like. Plus, you can swap um, cards with another player to give each other a, a particular bonus. Assist. Yeah, which will usually be something like, uh, you can change any one of your symbols to this symbol, or uh, you can re-roll one dice of this colour, or yeah. like something additional that will help you with, yeah. with how to do that. Yeah. And it'll give you some different dice in your pool as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so basically your, ca your, char your main character card has... Four four dice on it. They yeah. could be any mixture of colours, and then you have like a secondary card which has just two die and an ability on it, and you can like offer that as an assist to other people. And because yeah. we were playing two player, we basically just left the assists with each other. <laughs> uh, I like the bond system. Where yeah. sometimes when you did something successfully, uh, you and another character would get a bond, and that would be something. Uh, positive. It would usually give you both a, an additional ability um, that you could like use on your turn. Tap a card to to tap this card to change a, a, a dice, result. dice yeah. result or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um. But there was always the threat, and we we didn't have it come up in the first game of if something goes wrong, this card might get flipped and it might become a problem between the two of you. Which is broken a bond. Yeah, and if. I, I like that there was very little punishment for if one of your characters died, other than losing your bonds. So you, I mean, specifically in the case of a two-player game, like all of our bonds were between each other. Yeah. So it was like suddenly, like all of those powers have gone by. Yeah, it, it's that's the main thing. But it's like, yeah, if your character dies, just have a new character and keep going, which I I did like as an idea. I think the game was all right overall. Like yeah. I enjoyed the artwork. I like the little standee of the blackbird. Yeah. Um, because between missions you go back to the blackbird and, yeah. and then redeploy. So it was quite fun to be able to sort of go back and do that. Um, and my main problem was with it was I don't think necessarily all of those story missions are going to work properly with different player counts. Agreed. It felt like. I think the the mission we played was only supposed to be like a, a level two difficulty. Yeah. Out of three possible difficulty levels. And I really don't see how two people on their own can I, do that. I feel like we needed a third person to yeah. be on it's, top it's of that. It's one to six player, but I really yes. think that we needed a lot more for Yes, because the main issue is that um, you're punished for if you attempt to um, solve a card, but don't completely do it. Mm -hmm. Um... But if, if you get into a situation where, like, okay, I've taken some damage, I'm off healing, and then you've got one person where it's like, well, I, sh I don't really want to tackle this thing this turn because yeah. I'm going to fail if I try and do it by myself, and we're just going to get punished for it. Yeah, there, like, there is a, uh, an ability whereby, basically, if a character dies, you can... Um, just pick a new one out of the box. Yeah, but... Right up until you're on the very final mission. So I think... In many ways, it might be worth just throwing characters at them and and just letting them bit, die. But it, uh, maybe doing so in the early game to get through a little faster through some of the stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but 
toward the end, you definitely want to keep your characters alive because you want to build those bonds up so that you have a better chance in the final rounds. Absolutely. And again, I feel like just the ability for one person to go heal while two go and do a mission Mm -hmm. would really open up this game a lot. 100%. Um, like definitely didn't have a bad time. There's a much, there's a much more robustly made game here. Yes, and even in two player, I had a good time playing, even if we were up against the odds a bit. Fantasy Flight know how to make a game, even if their manuals do largely say he did this and he does that. Oh, he, 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 he. Why well, is no laughing matter? I assure you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um. In in reference to that, that also happens in Cthulhu Wars. Yeah, all, all of the references were hymns. Yes, yes. Why? Except when we were there, we were referring specifically to the black goat, never to the players. Yes, there was a moment for a second where I was like, "Wait, they used Shihar in a board game?" Oh, they're talking specifically about yes. and great old one. Yes, yes, <laughs> great unknowable old one. But they have to be gendered because they do a birthing. Mm. Uh. Yep. So that was uh, X Men Insurrection by Fantasy Flight Games. Yeah. Is right. Uh, yeah. Any others? I have continued playing a bunch of Monster Hunter. You have. Monster Hunter's really good. I'm glad you're enjoying it. I really like Monster Hunter. You've been fighting the penis dragon. I I was fighting the penis dragon. It I don't like the penis dragon. Nobody likes the penis dragon. It, it's all it, saggy. It does make a set of armor that does look like med- medical fetish gear. Like it looks like white latex nurse outfit. <laughs> Whatever you're into. Uh, yeah. No. I okay. So. Uh, I'm currently up to rank 5 both in single player and multiplayer out of 7. Um, I'm going through it much more slowly than most people because I am trying to make every set of armour as I go. Um, I have just finished grinding out many fights with the Magnamalo, which is the big creature on the box art and the game logo, the, right. the sort of signature creature of this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I made the low rank version of its armour, um, which is gonna be the set of armor i think i'm probably gonna be carrying through a lot of the high rank content mm-hmm. um i very much like this game it's a very good game i th- i have a lot of people who've asked me like how does this stack up to monster hunter world which is the last one that came out um mm. comparing this to the launch day version of monster hunter world i think this is a better game i think that they have streamlined a lot of stuff um a lot of the changes they have made here um a nice quality of life changes that just cut down on the downtime and increase the amount of time you are just doing the hunting of monsters, mm. uh, which is nothing but a good thing. Um, I like the fact that they've reduced the narrative down a bit so you can get into it quicker and just get doing the fights. I like the riding of the dog because it means that when a monster runs away, you can chase after it much faster and spend a lot less time going... I'm going to spend two minutes trudging across the map just to be able to keep the fight going. Mm. Um, I The multiplayer seems alright. Yeah, I think I have a lot of fun with the multiplayer, doing a lot of... You've been playing with Nick, so you've been playing with the community. Yeah, it's... I've never been a big multiplayer Monster Hunter person, largely because I don't know people to play online multiplayer games with, but... Mm. It's been really nice. Um, this is the first Monster Hunter game that has come out since I've been regularly streaming. And it's been really nice to just have stream nights of like, here's my code in the chat. Feel free to come play for a couple of fights and then we'll rotate people in. And yeah, I'm I'm really, 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 really enjoying Monster Hunter Rise. It's a very good video game. I've been playing with the Charge Blade. Um, that weapon is needlessly complicated, but I feel... Very accomplished for getting better with it. Um, 
I learned how to do sprints with the dog and make the dog jump up walls really high. Oh, um, I have been doing some good solo fights with the, the Magnum Arlo and been doing good at those. Yeah. Um, my main complaint about the game, my biggest complaint about the game, and it's not a huge complaint, but it's, um, it's there, is they introduced something called Rampage Encounters, which are basically... Um, tower defense segments where instead of doing monster hunter gameplay, here is a thing: defend the gate, put put some turrets down, go man the turrets and do first person shooting at the monsters. And see, I thought that looked really cool. But... Here's the thing: it looks really cool. I like it in theory. In practice, it it doesn't f- play well. It's clearly mechanically less well thought out than the actual hunting gameplay. Mm. And the whole time I'm shooting at these creatures, I'm just like, I have my sword with me. I would like to fight that creature with the sword. But no, I must sit here holding down the ZR button while it just fires slowly some knives at it from a distance. <laughs> it's it's that classic problem of, I, I see what you've tried to do. You've tried to introduce some variety to the gameplay, but what you've done is you've taken your very intricately crafted gameplay you've perfected over the last 20 years and gone, do you want to stop playing the video game that you bought and do this instead? Is this cars in um, Street at uh, uh, Saint Row 4? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> ah, yes, you're massively powerful and having fun flying around and jumping and doing all oh. the little things and... Do you want to get in a car? A, a what? Sorry? Yes, it, it's... <laughs> hey, I, you can sprint down the road and leap a thousand miles into the air and glide across the city. Yes, but can you get in a car, please? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's that. Okay. It's, it's one of those... If you gave me this gameplay out of context as its own thing, I'd go, yeah, this is fun. But you give it to me... As as a thing that says no, you can't keep doing the fun thing that you like doing until you've done this. Ooh. It makes it feel like homework. Oh it's I want to be leaping and flying across the city. No, no, no. You've got mm. to you've got to drive a car before we'll let you do more of that. Aww. Yeah. Again, I wouldn't mind this if it was own its own separate mode, but it's often used as, as a progression gate for getting further into the game. Oh dear. It's like, I would like to unlock new monsters. Not until you've shot these ones with a Gatling gun, you don't. Aww. But, but I, I like sort of, no, use a Gatling gun. Uh, but I mean, look, those missions come up. I think like maybe, maybe like there's seven of them total across the whole single player. Um, at mo- I think there's less than that. Probably four or five total across the single player. If my biggest complaint is that, I'm having a great time with the game. Mm-hmm. I very much am enjoying this video game. Yeah. Well, thank you. You played anything else this week? Uh, oh, I built a Lego bonsai tree. You did! It's right there. It's right there! It's, it's got 101 pink frogs on it. Oh, it's got 100 pink frogs and one brown frog. And one brown frog. Yeah, it's got one brown frog. It's, how how was the, the the build process on that? It was it was fun. It's unlike any other, obviously, unlike any other uh, Lego set I've built before. Yeah, it's... the the weirdest bit was the the bag of different um like pips, pips. and it was just like yeah, okay, the instructions is basically here is a bag of pips. There are some other bags within the bag of pips. 
pour them all into the big bag, shake them together, and then pour them into the base, and that will be like your your gr- gravel yeah. on the bottom of the thing. Which it's a lovely effect. Now it's there, but I it can is. see how that would be strange. I'm very I'm, I'm very glad that it is here in your office instead of somewhere Smudge hangs out routinely. Yeah, especially like pre dinner because she'll just get the hump and push it over. <laughs> yeah. Also, like I like that some of the parts aren't connected together. Like the um the 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 pot that the the bonsai is in isn't in mm. any way connected to the base it's placed on top of. It's yeah. just sort of rubber feeted. Just a little rubber feeted. Yeah, it's really nice. I like it's it. It's really beautiful. It's it's got a really I really like how it brightens up the little corner of my office yeah. where it is. It's a little, little, little yeah, it's all made of frogs. It's all made of frogs. Um, yeah, there there was an option to build it with like green. I was like, I want to build it with like oh pink, the pink and white was the right choice. Mm-hmm. And apparently the um the tree bits, the branch bits, the white branches and the green branches are the new um plant plastic that Lego have been trialing. Ooh, so it's been nice to see that. That's come out. It's weird to think of as as Nick's pointed out, plants made of plants. Plants made of plants. <laughs> it was a plant, and then it went through a whole process, and then we turned it back into a plant. Yeah. It's a mockery of its former life. It is really lovely. I I wasn't sure how I would feel about this until I saw it in person, and now I'm like, that's actually really nice. Yeah. Uh, I was very much enjoying sort of having it sat in the middle of the table, which is like, come dinner time, someone's just going to get angry yeah. with it one day. It's okay, because it means quips night. There's now just that little tiny tree. Yeah, yeah. I think it looks more more tree like, sort of from a distance, and like especially lower down. Yes, I th- I think on the table below me is the good is a good height for it. Especially when you're building it, you get a lot of angles on it, and just think this doesn't look very much like a tree. Yeah, but I I think they knew what they were doing. Yeah, I think once it's in place, job. it's it's yeah, yeah. Building like all the all the separate branches. Um and and sort of having them come together in this sort of nicely spread out way. Yeah. Considering it's like, what nine bits of basically the same design. Yeah, and I like that it's not too even in its design. Yeah. I like that it sort of like favors one side a little bit, and yeah, it's got a good lean to it. It, it it's got a bit of a, a living thing feel to Master it. Master Builder's done a good job. Yeah, that's very nice. Would oh. recommend. Yeah, would recommend. <laughs> yeah, that was something else I got with that voucher of basically you could only spend it on Lego. <laughs> I mean, there are worse things in the world. I was hoping that I could use the rest of the that voucher to try and get the um the bunch of flowers set. Yeah. But they are not available at my local Agus. Oh no. Indeed. Well, I'll keep an eye out and if they happen to appear at the Aragus. Aragus. <laughs> um, the only other thing I've done this week is also Lego related. I've been it playing is. Lego The Force Awakens. You have. You've been powering through that and it's hundreds of characters. Like 237 characters. Too many characters. Too many characters. That character select screen, not only are the characters too small to see, but some of them flash back and forth between other character designs or lock symbols. Yeah, because I might not have like a third version of Luke Skywalker yet. I know there's a a Kylo Ren I don't have yet. Looking at that character select screen hurts my brain. I don't. It hurts my brain. I don't like. I it. have to sit really close to that screen to try and understand it. Like there are regularly times like where I was like, right, I need to find, I need to find a Finn. Which one's a Finn? And because it's cycling through. I might confuse Finn with a stormtrooper, <laughs> or I might confuse Finn who is like just 
He's he's also wearing a beige jacket and he's a black guy with uh, black hair and he is like only like two down and three away from Lando. <laughs> it's like okay, from a distance it's really hard to spot them in this sea of uh, rotating, changing from from the distance that you play at, I couldn't tell who anyone was on that screen at all. Yeah, no, I spent no ten minutes scrolling through trying to look for a Wampa tonight. I, I think I recognised um, uh, Chewie. I was like, oh, that's Chewie. And the rest of it was just... This is a, a Chewie. Like, and, and you'd think you can go sometimes by colour, but it's like, oh, okay, now that I've unlocked more characters, there's like four different ones that are predominantly red. One of them is a giant smashy robot. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's it, it's a lot to to deal with unless you're sitting very close to the screen and, and able to pick it apart. Um, there's been a few missions where I've had to like repeatedly do something just to get one final mini kit, and that's never fun. <sighs> Considering like the load times to okay, now load out of the level, now load back into the level. Luckily, like some of them will have like checkpoint systems, so if you know what part of the level a mini kit you need is in. You can just do that bit and then save and quit. Yay! But, like, oh, oh my god, it's taking forever! Yeah. Um, enjoying it. This is the first time I've been able to play it. I've owned it for years. Mm. Uh, my old computer, like, I think I, I just completed um, a Lego Movie, the game. Mm. And I was like, oh, another Lego game. <laughs> so I was like, Force Awakens, the new one out, I'll get that. And it just, no, it, it was not keen to work on my system. But you have a good Even PC now. Six, I do have a good system now and it works fine. Apart from the crashes and sometimes doing very weird things in certain story moments. That's PC gaming, though. That is PC gaming, but also, like, the game's been out, what, five years yeah. now, surely? Yeah. And also thinking about like this particular version of, of Lego Star Wars and going, there's 237 characters in this. And then also thinking, the the Skywalker saga is coming out eventually. Yeah. Yeah. What, what is the character select screen for that going to look like? Um, unusable. <laughs> I mean, admittedly, like, this includes, the, the, the screen at the moment includes, like, a bunch of characters from Jabba's Palace. It includes, like, all the bounty hunters. So that will probably be in, like, the Jedi section. There's a bunch of, like, classic Luke and Leia stuff from, like, the first three as well. So there's that. <sighs> there's all the Carbonite ones. But I guess, like, in a Skywalker Saga version of that, you would have to cut some of that out. Probably I don't. I dread to think. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a horrifying concept of just how big that screen's gonna be. Yeah. Hopefully they'll just be select screens based on the films. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. So what about you? Have you played anything else? That's everything I've played this week. Well then, time and for this. Okay, okay. So we're um, just getting things together. We've got a night of programming for the channel. Um, oh, wonderful. Yeah, so we're going to do a whole I love the 80s and 90s night. Oh, how fun. Uh, so I just wanted to you know, touch base with you, make sure we've got uh, everything so far. So yes. um, 
let's see what we've got for the 80s. We've got um, some some comedians that uh, have not aged well. Well, I mean, very few of them of that decade have, really. Well, indeed, of course, we've got uh, we've got some 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 light racism, some very strong xenophobia, especially against the French. Oh yes, and the Russians, because obviously mm. the whole thing there was still yes. very present. Uh, let's see what else we've got. We've got um, mild homophobia. I mean, it's more than mild in a few places. Well, I, I mean, as in the setting the eighties section, once we move into the nineties, it's strange that it gets more homophobic. Mm. Much more homophobic and weirdly more transphobic, like a lot more transphobic. We mentioned a few people wearing knickers <gasps> in, knickers in, 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 in the eighties, and now we, as we move into the nineties, we're going to mention Nazi transvestites a lot. Just oh, a, a lot. That seems a lot. like a very weirdly specific thing to 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 suggest exists. Can't understand it. Can't understand it. I don't know what happened in the nineties, but just I've just I've watched so much nineties comedy recently, and it's just it's it's a thing. I don't understand oh. it. it. It comes up a lot. I don't know if there was some mention of something back then that slipped into the public conscious, but uh, there, there it is. Maybe maybe the the sport ran an article or something. Yeah. And, uh, of course, one more thing as we move into the 90s. Instead of having one black person per series, we're trying to get one per episode. I, I mean, that is better. I love the 80s and 90s, nice. Is, is this really the best you could find? It's the best there is. I suppose it's, it's a time that's romanticised. But, but no. It's a time of great strife in the rebellion. It was a dark time for the rebellion, yes. Of course I don't believe in all this climate change nonsense. Of course not. No, no, no. no. Of course there's been awful news hearing about all the, um, the hurricanes happening. Oh, goodness, yes. It didn't happen in my day. No, we never used to get that when I was younger. It's awfully strange. There's been an awful lot of those hurricanes recently. Oh, and those wildfires. Oh, the wildfires. Last year was very wildfire-heavy. It's unusual. It never used to happen when I was little. Oh, same. And then there was the boiling heat followed by that snow followed by the flooding. Yes, it was very strange how there was a, the, the, the very, very hot one day, and then it was a little bit cooler, and then it snowed immediately after that. Indeed. And, the... and then I think we've got, like, a few days of, of like, low-level uh, floods in certain areas. Yes. The floodplains, all, all struggling a bit, the... seem to be a lot wetter than they have been. The river broke its banks last winter. Oh. I never got that when the, I was younger. The climate outside, outside, it was it was changing rather rapidly. It was. It was. It's just. It seems to be just constantly in flux and very strange. It's, it's not as when I was younger. It was much more stable. But uh, I, I, I don't understand it. I'll no. be honest. No. Don't believe in that climate change nonsense. Oh, ridiculous nonsense. <laughs> So, what have you put in your eyes this week? My eye meets. Yeah. I watched an adorable animated thing about felt guinea pig cars. Oh, that was adorable. Called Pui Pui Molka. Pui Pui Molka. It's on Netflix and sometimes they're guinea pig cars. Uh, well, they're always guinea pig cars, but sometimes they make guinea pig noises. Yeah, they're guinea pigs, but also they are cars and sometimes people ride in them and sometimes they're stop motion photograph people 
but sometimes they are little action figure people. Little plastic, like like the kind you get for train sets, like very low detail. Yeah, yeah. With the like the plastic seam around the edges. Yeah, and the plastic uh, base between the feet to oh, make them okay. stand. This show is. <laughs> you can watch the whole series in about an hour. Yeah, gorgeously expressive and beautifully animated. I love their little mouths when they do the surprised face. Oh, the they surprise. look just like kitty face. The surprise face is very good. Um, it is like <laughs> little two, three minute animated shorts, yeah. and I mean, look, it's so charming. There's there's nothing of any great substance to it, but it's just really delightful. Yeah, it's uh, it's adorable. There's like lots of little references to to other shows. I, it's like a Back to the Future kind yeah. of episode. I, I want to detail like one episode to be like, here's a sense of the kind of narrative depth you're gonna get here. Um, there is a little guinea pig car who was he went on a bunch of Indiana Jones adventures, but he came back and he was very stinky and gross. So his friends are like, we're gonna put you through the guinea pig car wash. And he doesn't want to. It's very scary. So they put a shiny golden carrot at the end, and they're like, ah, oh, look, a little map. Yeah, they gave him a little treasure map. It's like, oh, it's it's like the it's like the Indiana Jones thing. Go get the treasure, and goes 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 through the car wash and has a big adventure and, and has amazing a... luscious locks at the other end. In, ah. Indeed, like that's that's the length the the kind of narrative you're getting. But it's it's, it's so, so it's so well presented. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is clearly not an English language developed thing, but there is no spoken words in it. So, like, you might not know what the episodes are called because the on-screen text isn't translated. You don't need to know a- anything. Yeah. You spotted is... an Akira reference. Oh yeah, there was an a post. There was a poster where it was Akira, but instead of uh, the 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 red, uh, the red motorcycle, it was a red guinea pig car. There's there's a lot of pop culture little nods in the background. Yeah, I very much enjoyed the um, anime girl episode. It was amazing. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's nonsensical. It makes sense in its own weird logically way. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the the, I, the snow episode where they're all skidding around on the road. Yeah, it's if you're just after some like very light-hearted, wholesome, like. Stuff that is technically impressive from an animation standpoint, it's worth it's worth your time to binge season one. Yeah, you if you are the kind of person who likes charming cartoons, this is probably for you. If you are the kind of person with a large collection of stuffies, this is probably for you. If you are the kind of person who is baked out of their skull at three a.m., <laughs> this is definitely the show. For you. Oh my god, you would have a good time watching this in the middle of the night, a little bit out of it, right? Imagine yeah. this after a rave. <laughs> oh, this would be, per- much, this this would be perfect. This would be Molka. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. You go, little Molka. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this would be great getting back at seven in the morning and you're not ready to sleep yet, viewing. Yeah. I can't sleep, I can't sleep. I'm ah, that's fine. We'll put Pooey oh, Pooey Molka on. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> and and, and the, the, the little ambulance one. Oh, the, the one eating that bit of lettuce that one time. <laughs> And the the one that gets abducted. Oh no! <laughs> it's so sad. Ah, uh, <laughs> this. Go go watch Pui Pui Molka. P U I P U I M O L C A R. Yeah. Except Molka is the only bit that's one word. Yeah. yeah. The other, all the other bits are separate words. There we oh. go. Yeah. Ah, oh, what have you watched? 
I've been watching concerts in VR. I saw. Yeah, I've been missing music. I've been missing live music because it, it's been a year. Life's not getting back to normal anytime soon. I got a bit wistful. So I put my VR headset on and found some concerts because here's the thing. I'll sometimes pop, you know, like live music uh, recordings on like on my screen while I'm working. The thing is, I cannot focus solely on a performance of live music if it's on a screen because I will check my phone obsessively and, mm. and do other things and multitask and not actually pay attention to it. Um, whereas the thing I love about live music is it's a couple of hours of just... Bathed in music. Yeah, be bathed in music, be surrounded by it, uh, don't pay attention to the world, this is all there is right now. Mm-hmm. So, um, That's yeah. why I can never understand people wandering around raves with their phones out. Exactly. <laughs> um, but like, here's the thing, there's not a lot of VR-specific recordings of concerts, but you can kind of fudge the experience by opening up, say, YouTube VR... Uh, setting the screen size to be as large as possible and as close to your face as possible, and then make it a curved screen so it wraps around you. Um, there's got to be a decent number of 360 videos as well. Uh, there's there's a decent number of 360 videos, but not a lot of full concert recordings mm. in 360. Mm-hmm. Um, but like that's the thing. If you can find a good quality concert recording, you can kind of fudge the experience to make it fill your whole field of view so you can look around a little bit and not see the edges of it. Yeah. Um, there, there's a few like v, like actual recorded VR concerts. Um, there's a wonderful one from 2018 where Watsky, um, who I've talked about on this show before, lots of like spoken word poetry and rap over sort of like rock energy music. Uh, really great lyricist and performer. Um, uploaded an entire 90 minute show on YouTube in VR. Um, did a really good job of setting the camera in such a position that you've got a really good feel of being in the crowd. Um, and yeah, honestly, just being able to put my headphones on and be like, for the next couple of hours, just to music. No, take this off to look at my phone. No, do anything else. Just pay attention to music happening. Well, play, um, listen to music until the battery runs out. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and like that... It... <sighs> I needed this. It's not a replacement for going and seeing live music, but it scratched that little bit of itch in my brain of I need to just focus on and immerse myself in music is all I'm doing for a couple of hours. Mm -hmm. And VR really helps me to shut out distractions and other things my brain could go searching for. Um, So I watched... I Basically, I watched the Watsky performance and... um, my Chemical Romance's Shrine LA reunion show from January 2020, um, and very much enjoyed both. And it's gotten me back in the mood of, you know what, I, I should just be using VR to um, enjoy the things that I've been missing during lockdown. Exactly. So we'll get to it in a minute, but there's another thing I've been putting in my eyes that I will, I think, later this week be doing in VR as well. Ooh. Uh, what about you? What have you put in your eyes? I read volumes three and four of Ms. Marvel. Oh, tell me about those. I've had Ms. Marvel volume four for ages. Somebody bought it for me ages ago, and I was like, oh, I haven't got a three. <laughs> I, I got a bonus, so I invested in three. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's nice to read more Ms. Marvel and, and sort of catch up with, with that story. Cause yeah. Although Ms. Marvel, like some, some, some of the other Marvel co- uh, comic volumes, 
tends to do the hey, she was in this issue of something, some, some other thing. Yes. Do you want to? Do you want? We're going to shove an issue of that in the back of this I, comic book. It's like I. Also, first of all, you've taken the big story, and you've stopped telling that thing. Yeah. So that you can take me over to an issue of Spider-Man where apparently I don't know a bunch of characters or like a lot of the continuity for for this particular yes. Spider-Man. So I'm aware of the continuity of that story because that's from the Superior Spider-Man. Uh, uh, you said Amazing Spider-Man number seven, I think it was. Uh, is this the one where where Doc Ock is is Peter Parker? Had been. I Had think. been. Oh, okay. So this is presumably after Superior Spider-Man. Then, okay, I know nothing about about this section. I know some bits of of when he was Peter Parker. I had to go and ask the the potatoes in um the Discord server, like, hey, who is this person with the bayonetta web suit? <laughs> uh, it's Silk, apparently. Yeah, I, I, this is the thing that will mean I will never properly get into comics. Is I don't like. The idea that I have to jump into one random issue of a comic that isn't the one I'm following to understand what's going on with the character who I am following. Mm. I mean, that's what one thing I've particularly appreciated about Tank Girl comic books. Always like, there's no one else she's gonna be with. It's <laughs> it's just you're gonna read a volume, and that's gonna be a whole like four volume, a four issue set to to be a story, or yeah. like even um. Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, you'll generally get the whole story and then sometimes they'll be like, hey, here's a story from fucking decades ago. Yeah. We'll, we'll like, it's a reissue of a very old episode. It doesn't matter. See, or, you know what I wish they would do in these kind of volume collections, if they're going to put those those issues in, is do the uh, essentially what they did with um, fan-translated anime back in the day of uh, translator's notes. Or yes. here it would be like, yeah, look, just put a little bubble next to certain panels and go, this character who's just shown up, here's who they are and what their deal is. Just put little, like, uh, helpful notation that is there for mm. if you are coming to this blind. Speaking of helpful notation, one thing I do appreciate about Ms. Marvel specifically is um, terms used by the family. Like yes. her brother will say something or her mum will say something specifically and it might be... I don't know if it's specifically about them being Muslim or about being Pakistani, but they'll use like a term or phrase. Yeah. And then they'll be like, a, like, hey, this is what that means. Yeah. I uh, I like her family so much. Her family is lovely. Yeah. Now now that you've, you've made it up to where you're at, I love her family. Her family oh, is great. Them. Like, even before that, like, like oh, yes. they're, they're very sweet and very lovely, but now it's like, oh my God, I had no idea how yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> um, in the uh, Avengers video game that focused very heavily on her that released last mm -hmm. year, um, her mum doesn't show up a lot, very much at all, but her dad um, shows up fairly frequently yeah, early on in the Yeah, does we take it to the, the Avengers? Uh, yes, to Aven the Avengers uh, sort of celebration day. And I he's... only know this from editing your videos. Yeah, he's lovely. He's, <laughs> he's good. Lovely. It's, it's a very nice interpretation of him in that. Yeah. But yeah, this Marvel's good. This Marvel is good. Um, and I got to, got to see Captain Marvel in a bit of that. Yeah. Like, oh my yep. god! I've not seen that suit before, but that was cool. <laughs> I was like, I know who that is. Yeah. And I also like how Ms. Marvel fangirls about like all of the other superheroes. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of fun. It's it's almost Deadpool without quite being Deadpool. Yeah. <laughs> if anything, slightly more endearing. <laughs> um. 
Yeah, so it was nice to catch up with that. There are some big things going on in that story, and I kind of want to know what happens next. Mm-hmm. Will the world be saved? Who knows? Will New Jersey be saved at least? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's quite a thing for Captain Marvel to just turn up and go, yeah, no one's going to come and save New Jersey. Yeah. We're, we're all busy. It's, we're all doing other things. It's the thing you get a lot with some of the 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 new superhero and the the newer superheroes they've introduced. Like you get it a lot in in uh, Miles Morales stories. The like, hey, you are the friendly neighborhood. Yeah, you you are the friendly neighborhood. Protect your friendly neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Like that kind of energy. Yeah, like communism. <gasps> <laughs> like that's the thing though isn't it it's, it's yeah. taking care of your local community rather than the big world ending stuff and you know for your community that is big world ending yeah, stuff exactly it's it's doing the the protecting of your local community that perhaps the cops might not do mm. go listen to season 8 of Dice Funk <laughs> do it ah uh, have you got any others yeah so I th- this is the other thing that I'm probably going to watch in VR later this week. I've been watching high quality YouTube upload videos of train train journeys because I've been missing traveling and trains and um I I miss I miss trains. So I've been watching just a lot of I've been having on my other monitor just high quality videos of trains such as 4K Japan train ride Enoden from Fujisawa to Kamakura, 4K 60fps, June 2020, uh, which is a beautiful 45-minute train ride through Japan, uh, goes along the seafront briefly, and goes through a lot of, like, very slowly between lots of houses, Mm -hmm. and it sort of then wades into the country. Um, Very lovely video. Uh, I'm currently partway through watching uh, Tokyo Metro Journey that... uh, the person is currently filming switching lines on the train. Ah, uh, I did wonder why they were on an escalator. Yeah, they got off one train, they're about to get onto another one to continue it's a very their journey. Escalator. Yeah, yeah, it's. I do. I like. I like train stations as well as spaces that have like an energy that I like. So I've just been watching videos of trains because I miss. I miss trains and I miss planes. So I've, I'm probably going to watch some VR videos of train journeys and just pop a podcast on and just be in a. You know, on a train looking around like choo, oh choo choo <laughs> Yeah. There is a lot of videos of um three sixty videos from the the um the pilot is not the word is that the word driver? I'm, driver. Um the the train train conductor uh cabin of various trains, which is like those are those are pretty good. I specifically have been craving passenger perspective mm-hmm. videos because I'm like as great a view as you get from the conductor carriage ones I'm specifically missing the energy of I am a passenger on a train I am a passenger. yeah I, I know just look out the side window because usually they've got like a side door occasionally but it's it's I, I don't know how to explain that it's not the same. Yeah. I am nostalgic for a very specific, I am in this place. I want a window seat. Yeah, exactly. It's There is a specific place that I'm feeling nostalgic for, and it is being in a passenger section of a train. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to try and find some good 360 videos from passenger seating in trains and just... Listen to a podcast and be on a train. Nice. Yeah. 
it's been that kind of a watched week. What about you? What are you putting your eyes? I watched a couple of episodes of Waffles and Mochi. What's Waffles and Mochi? Tell me about that. It's a... So there is a freezer or a, a, a land of frozen food and frozen people where all the food is frozen and the people are frozen. And Waffles basically seems to cook ice for most meals. Yeah. Ice served with ice. And and Waffles is... Um, I think I think they say that um, like Dad was a Yeti and Mum was a frozen waffle. Yeah, which uh, leads to some questions. It, it does. As there is a picture painted there. There is, and and basically they're like, what if a very small Muppet Yeti, but with waffles for ears? Yeah, wants to learn about foods. Wants to learn about well, basically wants to experience life. So that one day. Um, they encountered a frozen uh, or a food delivery truck and they decided to hitchhike on the back of the food delivery truck and they ended up at the store where they met a nice shelf and they met uh, a bop and the intercom system and then they went upstairs and they met Michelle Obama (laughs) (laughs) Michelle Obama who now that she's not the first lady apparently just runs a grocery store somewhere Where she grows many of the vegetables in a roof garden. That's pretty. That's pretty cool. And and has an assistant called Busy who is a bee. <laughs> and they built the the Magikarp three thousand, which is a flying, apparently faster than the speed of light shopping cart. It it's basically the excuse on Magic School Bus esque adventures to learn about food and to nutrition learn about food, and stuff. How and food work? How food do? And and Waffles is ably assisted by Mochi, who is a little Mochi ball. Just a very little happy Mochi. Ah. Yeah. Who <laughs> just sort of like... <laughs> like, sometimes if you've got the subtitles on, Mochi actually says things, but I... it's very hard to tell most so of the time. I, I'm mainly aware of one thing about this show. Um, This show has an opinion about what you should do to your parents. Oh, Yes. Always listen to your vegetables and eat your parents. <laughs> yeah, Michelle Obama's in a show that tells you to eat your parents. Eat your parents. Eat your parents, children. <laughs> the, the the Muppet Intercom told you to eat your parents. Now you've got to do it. I mean, look, always listen to children's programming. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's educational. Right. Um, so the first episode is about tomatoes. And how they are a botanical fruit and a culinary vegetable. Ah, yes. Which section of the supermarket do you put it in? Do you put it with the fruits or the vegetables? Um, I won't spoil it, but they have some conclusions about yeah. where, where that belongs. Uh, the second episode is about salt and how not to salt. <laughs> ah, yes. Um, a tiny bit of salt to a sweet thing for taste can yeah. be good. But, but... pouring an entire packet of salt over a cookie... Is gonna taste bad. It'd be make make your tongue sad. <laughs> uh, and there's like a whole cartoon animated world in Mochi's mouth. It's inside out, but for taste buds. Yeah, salt is very happy with all the salt. If anything, salt is glowing. Sweet, however, is nothing. Nothing from this cookie making sad. So they go on an adventure and they try all the different types of salt, and then they realise that moderation is the answer. Uh, have you got anything else? No, I think that's everything I've watched this week. I've watched one other thing, or a bit, uh, a couple of episodes of one other thing. I watched some uh, Ghost City. Tell me about Ghost City. It's about a group of young people, and they are basically ghost hunters. 
But instead of being like, oh, we're going to go and bust some ghosts, they're like, we're going to help some ghosts uh, understand and, and people who are being haunted and try and understand the things so that, you know, we we th- that we will help people out and, and have adventures. It's so, shot in an almost sort of documentary style. Yeah. Like the kids are reporting, like reading into a hairbrush. <laughs> um, there's interviews with the ghosts. Where it's like one of those little kids, um, like a wired mic, like a little red um, telephone cord mic, wired up to like a big plastic uh, recording, cassette recorder. It's kind of adorable. You know what this had vibes of? Um, um, the, 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 uh, the Midnight Gospel. Yes, that was the show. Yeah, it's yes. got vibes of a children's version of the Midnight Gospel, but instead of positing on sort of big grand questions about the nature of reality they're positing on the nature of life in specific areas in LA and sort of the different cultural hubs and different cultural backgrounds of people from different areas Mm -hmm. but it's got that same sort of energy of the way people talk about things that are very clearly like this is someone talking about their real life lived experience in a very personal way, yeah. set within a cartoon framework to get there. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking when I was watching. I was like, this is very Midnight Gospel. I just couldn't in the moment remember what the name of the show. Yeah, it has that sort of like interviews style, like it came from something else and then they just whack the animations over the top. Yeah. But I don't think it can be. I... I get the impression that this is a... It, the the episodes probably started with interviewing a specific person who had a story they wanted to tell mm. about um, part of the story of, say, like um, uh, Venice Beach in and the sort of skater scene there. And then we're like, okay, what story can we build that lets us get to this interview segment? Mm-hmm. Um it's a lovely little show, that. Yeah, and much like uh, Waffles and Mochi, it was nice to see uh, certainly a, a, a show full stop, but a kid's show that wasn't predominantly white. Also, Northern Cis cast member we, in... We had a, a somebody who, yeah. like, uh, ears perked up at... That person has just been very definitely referred to as they, them. Yeah, they, uh, they introduced themselves they, as using yeah. they, them pronouns. I think I just heard, like, I went off to cook cook yeah. dinner or something, and you were still sitting in there. Like, I had heard that person mentioned, I think their name is Thomas. Yeah. And it was like, they, them, I was like, they've referred to that person in a way that suggests that they use they, them pronouns, and I am <laughs> really here for that. But yeah, it's nice that that was sort of formally in- introduced as like, hey, this is that character. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it was like, hey, there are some people of colour in this show. And it's not like half white people and half people of colour. There is a a good spectrum of people. And it's nice to see that it's not white. It's not a default in these shows. Indeed. It, It uses these ghosts as a really nice opportunity to talk about, like, the non homogenous aspects of, um, the cultural identity of specific areas. Yeah. It's it's a kind of a sweet story. I would like to watch more of that. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, that is um Ghost City. That is also available on Netflix. Yeah. Mm. Have you got anything else? No, I've not got anything else. Well then, so Venice. Laura, Laura, we've got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? Well, do you remember last year? 
Uh, yes, Near last a year ago. It's hard to forget last year. Last year is very memorable. What about last year too? The sequel. I, I'm regrettably we are here. Yes. <laughs> well, well uh, maybe you remember a whole thing that that uh, Rishi Sunak uh, came up with the whole lead oh. out to help out. Which I thought was about lesbianism, but apparently not. Oh, were we not helping out by doing that? I, I was helping you out. You were helping me out. But apparently we weren't helping the COVID suffering population we out. We helping the economy out, apparently. Oh, well, well, that's a disappointment to hear. Apparently so. But yes, I remember Eat Out to help out. What about Eat Outer to help her outer? Oh no. It's, it's like Die Harder. Yeah, no, I, I... I think more people will be dying. I think people will be dying harder. Yes. Oh, no. Yes. What, why? No, don't bring that back. But the, the, the economy. I mean, it very clearly was related to a huge spike in COVID cases. The economy needs your help. Only you can help them by getting out and eating at a discount. Probably not 50% this time, like like 30 or something. Come on, eat out. Help out. Eat, eat out. Save the economy. Please visit our filled buildings to remove your masks and do capitalism. Capitalism. Cap, cap, capitalism. Capitalism. Enter the code Q and PS162 on e eat out to help out to eater outer electric.lol.net.gov. UK and uh, you can get 30% off any eating restaurant when they're open again. That's just just wait until you've been vaccinated so soon. And even then, you know. Inside the boardroom of Electronic Actor Softworks. Hi, hi. So, uh, got a bit of a get a bit of a problem. Yeah, my emails have been lighting up. I know, I know. You know we released that game that we do not have the legal right to release. Yeah, but we kind of almost did for a while there. Yeah, and like, you know, I'm pretty sure if we just release it here in the US, it's it's not good. No one's gonna stop us. No one's gonna know, right? If we release it in, like, you know... Like Target or or somewhere like yeah, that. exactly. No one's gonna notice. It's not Walmart. even in game in gaming stores. Barnes but and like, Noble. Exactly. But here's the problem: is journalist emailing me asking me questions. Yeah, I've had a lot of this. What what yeah. is this journalist about? Yeah, so they they want to ask questions about the legal situation of the game that we definitely aren't legally allowed to sell. Ooh. Well, I mean, we don't want to say anything because obviously at that point we have taking a legal position exactly and like you know trail exactly premeditated and like i want to sort this somehow i want to get them to stop asking me questions because i don't like having difficult questions asked that's tough i don't like it okay how can we bribe them as cheaply as possible have you offered them like a 20 dollar gift card to our mober or something oh no i tried they weren't interested so I tried offering uh, digital copies of the game. I, right. uh, you know, I started with like, you know, a reasonable number, like five. Yeah. And then I, I went mean, up to like, five. you know, 30 when they wouldn't stop emailing. 30. Yeah, 30 seems a good number. Yeah. They should be able to like, how many can they have in their community, right? Exactly. 30, that's probably everyone. They'll, exactly. they'll give everyone a copy. Everyone will love them. Yeah. They'll get more clicks. We'll throw them some, uh, some physical copies as well, just, you know, because... Sure. The fewer physical copies we have in the office, the less likely we are to be legally culpable. Oh, like, exactly. Really, we if the get police turn out. up, it's like, yeah. we, didn't, we don't have We any. didn't make a video game. Can we, you find one here? What is video game? We are a we textiles. We who makes... Yeah, we're a textiles company. That's believable, right? 
tech something. Yeah, yeah. We try not for the money. But I mean, like, not in a way that seems like a bribe. Not like, in a way that costs us money, yeah, per se. A way that, like, somehow we still make money, but that we still give them money, but it's not technically a bribe. So uh, it costs us, like, five cents uh, a game to, yeah, to knock this shit out and yeah. then print it on a physical thing. So let's... How about we offer them, like, a... I don't know, a percentage on physical versions. We'll give, offer them, like, an affiliate link. Yeah, give them an affiliate link, but, like... One that's like big enough that it's clear this is shut up money. This is shut up money. Ah, oh, yeah. do you want do you want a whole ten dollars every time someone buys a video game you have no part in making? Yeah, that's... I mean we still make a good amount of money. Exactly, out of and we've you exploited know, everyone else not... way down the Exactly, it's, it's not technically a bribe. They just sold some products and made some money. You know, yeah, come live like us execs. Exactly. We make a shit ton of money for work we barely did. Exactly. Ugh. I mean, all of these are good ideas, so long as we don't do the other idea of uh, answer that question. We don't, we know, no. I have been told, by, I, I've literally in my earpiece just now been told by my lawyers, we, no. No. Just no. 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 So, <gasps> what have you put in your ears? What have I put in my ears? In your ears. Um... I put in my ears, um, not the not my brother, my brother and me this week. Have you listened to the thing that comes in its place? No. Nope. The new Appalachian workshop featuring the McElroys, but not Griffin. I I saw this as a thing. I assumed Justin was having a, a laugh about something. Okay, so um, I don't think it's a spoiler to say this. Uh, this is presented as being a TV show pilot that they tried to pitch a few years ago. Um, for a woodworking show. Right. And it very quickly becomes apparent that this was never a TV show that existed. This is a joking excuse for a woodworking-themed episode of My Brother, My Brother and Me that only exclusively answers woodworking questions. Okay, because Justin does woodworking now? Yes. Um, It's amusing and funny. It has... For a one-off gag, it has its own theme tune, and it's quite great. Okay. <laughs> um, Yeah... It paints an interesting picture of what my brother, my brother, and me might end up like now that Yahoo Answers is, is dying. Um, yeah. It, it is a fun little spoof. Um, I like that it doesn't take very long at all to drop the facade. I, I, it, it didn't leave it, 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 it lifted the curtain quickly enough that I didn't feel duped or misled by the premise too mm -hmm. much, which is always mm -hmm. nice. Um, yeah, that was a fun listen this week. Mm. Uh, what about you? I listened to what I think is the final episode of Margaret's Garden. <gasps> Ooh. Uh, episode nine, they 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 got to the 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 what, end. What felt state? like the end? Ooh. Like I don't know where they can go from this if this isn't the end, unless they're gonna be like, and those agents go on other adventures. Yeah. Um, because it's weird. You are sort of dropped in with Margaret's Garden in the first episode, like. There are two people, they're of this agency, one of them is new, and, like, they do talk kind of casually about, you know, gods and giants and, and monsters and all sorts of things, and has never really clarified at all. <laughs> In the last episode, they mention something and I'm like, oh, of course, of course that's who they work for, why didn't I work that out? Yeah. Um, but yeah, they they name drop a particular organization. I was like, well, of course they do. 
Um, yeah, I think overall that was an interesting story. It's a difficult listen in places because it deals a lot with colo- uh, colonialization. Ah, uh, is that the right word? Colo- colonialism. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, or colonization rather than yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So th- there's that. There's the fact that as far as I can tell, there's like one, maybe two black cast members. Hmm. And obviously we are dealing with, um, like I've, I've mentioned, it's not a huge spoiler to say that this is basically post-World War Two. These brothers come back from the war. Uh, one of them has somehow re- mystically received this book. And I I think there, there are suggestions about how that might have happened hmm. within the story. Um, like, think I know where the book came from and how. And then that is sort of feeds into this whole thing of, hey, we're going to build a city. Uh, we're going to build a little little gated community town. Mm. And it's full of white people. I mean, it's, as it it's, would it's be it's in full that of time ni- period. Ni- 1940s white people. Yeah. Americans, wholesome apple pie, who, when they first went to this whole other world, they took the whole... They took a version of the town to another dimension. Okay, and yeah. for a while they were receiving like television and ra- radio broadcasts through. Yeah, but they were getting very upset because they're it's 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 not good wholesome good American Indeed. stuff. They're, the world is changing, and it's not like it is here in our bubble. Yes, and they were very unhappy about that. Yeah. And and there there may be more to that as well. I, I don't really want to explain, but like there is a lot of the, the episodes where it's like, oh, these people just came to this place and just fucked up everything. Like there's a lovely rhino person who runs a hotel, and and bad things happen. Um, there there's like all of the local community people, like bird people and and sort of half animal people, because they're not human enough. They're basically being hunted for food or research purposes or something. Or they're just being hunted to keep them out of the nice gated community. This feels like a lot. It's it is an awful lot. Especially when like you've got these two agents from this this group. You've got the, the young new upstart and the sort of grizzles like feel feels like at any minute she might go. I'm just a week away from retirement. <laughs> um, she is, as far as I can tell, the only specifically black character. Because mm. obviously she's the only person from our time that's come through into this other dimension. And uh, I feel like a lot is put on that character to be like, that is bullshit. Mm. This thing that you are doing here is all bullshit and bad. <sighs> um, it's an interesting show. I enjoyed my time with it, but there are points in that show where it's just like, this is a difficult... It's a listen. heavy listen. It's a heavy listen. Uh, yeah. Have you listened to anything else? I listened to a couple of songs this week. Mm. Shall I rattle them all off? In tell the tell us the songs. Uh, I listened to a track called Never Really Good at Sports by a band called Sledding with Tigers. Uh, it is a banjo and violin driven folk Ooh. rock track. Um, about self-loathing and Ooh. trying to learn to love yourself with the joy and enthusiasm that you lo- love others with. Yay. Um, there is a track called The Best Ever Death Metal Band in Denton <laughs> by Laura Jane Grace. Uh, it is a sort of acoustic punk track, 
focused on the kind of music that, like, teens make in their bedroom with no proper band name, having never played a show, never going anywhere, but making things for themselves and others. Yeah. That It is a track about the joys of shitty teenage bedroom music making. I love shitty teenage bedroom music oh, making. I mean, yeah, same. The There's... number of times I've listened to, to <laughs> you and your band uh, yeah, uh, doing uh, covers of MCR. Yeah. It's There's... glorious. Look, we there, want... is, there is a furious passion to, like, we don't care how bad we are, we're just going to play with just so much heart. That, the thing is, you can power through a lack of talent with enough passion in that kind of setting, and, like, 100% go back and listen to that Na 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 cover. You can tell what it is we're playing 100%. Yeah. We may not be playing it by the book, but we are getting it. Care. We're getting it across. I have on occasion gone, I want to listen to Na Na Na, but I want to listen to that version. <laughs> I, and then look, I usually listen to it on repeat. Just, there's something about the... It's like going and watching a live band at, like, yeah. a... a slightly divey metal bar. Oh, yeah. Just like the, hey, we might not be the band that we're covering, yeah. but we are going to play the shit I'm, out of this song. I am a lot less embarrassed about my teenage music making than I once was, in that, like, where I used to be very self-conscious about the, the technical quality of the playing we were doing, over the years I've just come to love, like, hey, we were really fucking passionate and we had a great time. And you can hear that we're having a good yeah. time in the music and that's nice. That's what I really like about it. I am glad that in, in all the time that you you never did the whole thing of, oh, that's too cringe and too bad, I'm going to delete it. No, no. And I'm, there's more of it out there somewhere. I need to track down the other tracks. Um... Yeah, I I need to I need to track him down. There was there was a really nice cover that we did of um the only exception by Paramore that was oh lovely. It was wonderful. But yeah, I I enjoy a good track about like shitty teenage um fucking just yeah. thrash it out music. Yeah. Um, and I listened back to a track I haven't listened to in years called "A Sadness Runs Through Him" by the Hoosiers. Um, this was off of the album that the Hoosiers did when, like, that, that had Worried About Ray and stuff on it. Um, there's a, do you remember this band? I know the name, I cannot think of any of their tracks off the uh, top of my head. Worried About Ray was the big one that people will probably know, but it was off that same album. They had a, a track called A Sadness Runs Through Him. Um, it's a really bittersweet track about beautiful works made by people with depression and how... People often romanticise that from the outside and assume that the depression made the art and that it was needed to create rather than going, no, that person created that art. We shouldn't romanticise the fact they're depressed or expect them to stay depressed because we think that's the only way they can create. In spite of the depression, we do yes, the thing. Yes, indeed, as opposed to, ah, look at this depression fueled art. Oh, let us romanticise this beautiful, yeah, beautiful sadness. It's, it's a very interesting... Just observation of the way that people really, really overbuild the importance of depression in art. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you? What you listened to this week? Oh, I listened to a couple of things. I listened to <laughs> um, an album by The Warriors called You or Someone You Know. That's one of the ones that I listened to a track from recently on Quips, I think. Yes. Tell me about this album. Um, it was it was a good album. Basically, I was like really hankering for some metal. Yeah, I'm really hankering for some metal. So I googled queer metal, 
and most of the places were going, we don't do queer metal. <laughs> and and basically, I found a whole forum of people being like, where where queer metal? Where can I find queer metal? And lots of people going, no, it, it, it all the things you hate about metal, about it being like predominantly white guys being a bit edgy and very often problematic or talking about colonialism in some glorified way or talking about war in some glorified way. Don't mind the Satan aspect. That's fine, as we've proven recently with Lil Nas. The, and somebody sort of pointed out that, like, hey, if you'd, if you'd prefer some punk, queercore is a whole thing. You can go listen to some queercore. So I googled a list of queercore and found, like, a video by the Warriors. And I was like, that looks like a fun video. So I went to their band camp, and I listened to You or Someone You Know. <laughs> Unfortunately, that was nearly a week ago, and I cannot tell you which tracks I particularly enjoyed out of this. Well, um, I... I think Big Feelings was one of the ones I particularly enjoyed, and uh, The uh, End of the World, which is the, yeah. the first track on there. I, as, as someone that enjoyed the one track of theirs that I stumbled upon, I think, last week or the week before on Quips... I, if you also enjoyed their album, go check out The Warriors. Go check out The Warriors. We, we both a, have enjoyed some of their music. There, There is a good selection of their stuff available on The Banded Camp. Yeah. Yeah, I think they've got like, it's like seven or eight albums and, and some, some singles. Nice. Go check them out. Yeah. Have you listened to anything else? Uh, that's everything I've listened to. Last thing I've listened to then this week is the new show from Rusty Quill. Because I don't know if you know, the Magnus Archives has ended. I, I am, as it turns out, aware. Um, so there's a, they're doing a new podcast that's a bit weird. Okay. Not, not necessarily horror. I mean, I suspect there will be some horror involved. It's a show called Inexplicables. Okay. Um, without spoiling too much, it is uh, the story of two people who are apparently a bit broken by their lives. The uh, daughter is um, clearly an alcoholic, is having some troubles maintaining a home life. Mm. Like, she gets kicked out of the home within the first scene of the, the episode. Um, and the son appears to be having some problem possibly with the financial conduct authority i mm -hmm. i could be wrong um and, and and is avoiding things they're both avoiding phone calls they're both avoiding huge chunks of life yeah and for some reason the daughter is now like carrying a lot of things in a bag and a chair uh-huh um, their mum has died um and they are going to the funeral, and the, the I think the rest of the show is very much going to uh, revolve around what their inheritance is. Uh, their mum ran this charity called uh, ICS that okay. was very well thought of in the local community, um, and there seems to be some resentment from the kids because there was some kind of bigger inheritance from somewhere else, or or. I think from their dad dying or something. Hmm. And uh, mum basically invested everything into this charity. And they're like, grr, charity. Um, and there is something unusual about the nature of the charity itself. I will not do spoilers. <laughs> uh, I am fascinated. But if you are easily offended by a lot of bad language, considering like... Magnus Archives had maybe like a swear per season. So, 
to be clear, we're talking swearing and cr- uh, crude language. We're not talking offensive language. Just swearing. In... Okay, okay. Just I hear some... offensive and I'm like, oh god, what are we getting in some, for here? Some, some people can't handle quite as many fucks as I can. Okay, okay. There's a lot of fucks and shits. There's a, there's a lot of uh, uh, fucks. <laughs> and we're, we're zooming into that territory ourselves. Um, yeah, it's, um... It's an interesting show. I want to know where it goes. At the moment, it seems a bit, like, depressed. Well, uh, the, for the, most of the first part, part of the series, I was like, it sounds like depressed posh kids. Right. And much like Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, I struggle to care about spoiled rich kids having a bad time. <laughs> um, but by the end of the episode, I was like, okay, I will come back and see where this goes. I might not cancel that Patreon immediately. <laughs> um... Yeah, I'm curious to see where it goes. Don't want to spoil too much. Uh, I would recommend listening to it, and uh, we will probably talk about it more in this episode. Yeah. Well, not this episode, on this, this podcast show. here. On this podcast, tune in another time to hear more things. Uh, that is everything I've listened to. That's everything I've listened to. Well then, time for this. Good evening, and welcome to another brand new episode of Neurodiversity Roulette. <laughs> In today's episode, welcome to our special guest player. Hi. Tell us a little about yourself. Um, I'm very nervous to be here. That makes sense. Let's spin the neurodiversity wheel and let's see what symptoms you're going to have to deal with today. (laughs) Overwhelming physical anxiety. Do you want to spin the wheel again and see if you can get a... Get that one little spot that'll make it all go away, or maybe you're gonna get some more more things going on. Do you want to, do you want to, do you want to risk it? Anything to make you go away, please. You've got overwhelming sensory issues today. If you could just keep it down a little bit, this is very much. This is too much. There's. There's lights and uh, like all the studio and the audience and and you're very close to me and I can feel breathing. Okay, let's give it one more spin of the wheel. Uh oh. This has literally never happened on the show before. Um you have landed on healthy coping mechanisms that will help you get through the day in a in a in a very, very healthy manner. Oh, um, I'm managing. I'm not better, but I'm managing. Ugh, goodness. Um, we, as we landed on this base, I am legally obligated to give you some mental health support, so, uh, go enjoy not being on this sensory hell of a game show and having some proper mental health support. Bye! Are you good? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty good. Are you just happily getting on with things in your own way? Yeah, no one's interrupting me. I'm having a great time getting on with life. Enjoying your own little community? Yeah, just over here doing my own thing, unbothered. Creating your own thing, completely unbothered by anyone else? I've got my little pocket of the internet, I'm not bothering anyone. Try unasked for white man's opinion. Oh no. Not to be rude or anything, but everything you do isn't good enough. And this white man is here to give all the unasked for opinions to make it better. Oh, uh, mm, can I, can I say no to that, please? 
I mean, you can, but they're very, very fragile. And they will call you some, just some slurs. Oh, no. Unasked white man's opinion. It's coming, whether you like it or not. Just let me play Animal Crossing in peace. Uh, actually... I suppose terraform your island more than that. Actually, you should probably wear a different top than that. I find your top disturbing and all your content's very bland. Questions, Sam. Seven questions. What's the questions? You know how last week I was like, that week we did an efficient episode? Yeah. Oh, so efficient. Yeah. We got through that. We did all the things. There wasn't many breaks. We yeah. Even between... Sk- I completely forgot that I put out oh, a question thread. I assumed you'd deliberately not done a question thread for no, some reason. I, I had deliberately put a question thread. I had gathered all the questions and I just completely <laughs> forgot to do it. Ah, well. <laughs> so here are the questions. Sorry, everyone, for the delay. <laughs> Tricky asks, why did Lil Nas kill the devil? Isn't that super rude after a lap dance? I mean, look... You can only have one person that powerful in hell, and I think we can all agree Lil Nas is the most powerful being to exist. I think so. Also, like, I think the point possibly you made was that Lil Nas also plays the devil in this. Indeed. So he killed the devil in himself, question mark? Question mark. Yeah. And and, and that is an important thing in moving forward. Yeah, it's stepping forward into the role that has been ascribed to you, but doing so yourself and sort of claiming power from that. Yeah. You're going to hell. Okay, but I'm doing it my way and I'm in charge. Or you could read this as Bayonetta and the sexy lap dance was a distraction to do a murder. This uh, Lil Nas, Lil Nas is Bayonetta. There you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, the hash slinging slasher one three one two. Nice, nice. It's true. Yeah, one three one two. <laughs> uh, opinion on ice crunching. Oh. <laughs> I used to do it when I was younger and angrier. Yeah, I would sit there and crunch ice like aggressively. I I have always been a I will suck on a piece of ice until it's completely uh, melted. I'm not a big crunch person. I'm not a big crunch person. It always makes me feel uncomfortable, but I used to do it to show off, maybe? I have paranoid thoughts about I'm going to crunch through the ice and then my teeth are going to be going too fast because I just crunched through something very hard and they're going to hit each other and all my teeth will shatter. Fair enough. Paranoia! Uh, Larry Yellingenby asks... Uh, would you kill the devil for some super hot shoes? Oh, 100%. I'll kill the devil for anything. <laughs> anything. Take that, the devil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I could, I could do with some ice cream. Kill the devil. Uh, Chris Larmouth asks, Snog marry kill, but for cryptids? Okay. I'm going to need some cryptids. Uh, Loch Ness Monster. Ooh. Moth- Bigfoot. Mothman. Mothman. Okay, Mothman is the best of the three. Mothman so, got dad ass. or marry. Ask the question. I, I, I reckon I reckon marry Mothman. Mm-hmm. Because not only dad ass, mm-hmm. but also uh, Mothman supposedly has the power to see through time, which would probably be useful and helpful. Right? I would... Mm, I would... I, w- I would fuck the Loch Ness Monster. Mm-hmm. Um, just because... Very wildly different to any other sexual encounter I could have. Yep. Uh, very mysterious. 
It'd be like, hey, and it, look, if this is just going to be fucking, then never see each other again. Someone, I mean, you expect that from the Loch Ness monster, like exactly, elusive, right? yeah, like the Loch Ness monster is elusive. If I fucked Bigfoot and then Bigfoot never called back, I'd feel kind of sad. I'd feel a bit like, oh, did I do something wrong? Nessie, so instead, kill Bigfoot. Yeah, like <laughs> Nessie, I expect to like fuck and then never see again. But like, you know, you'll big, always have that magical moment. Exactly, but Bigfoot. Bigfoot, I gotta, I gotta kill you. You're not marriage material, and you're not one fuck material. Mm-hmm. You're just a tall, hairy bloke. <laughs> okay, um, the Kraken. <laughs> um, uh, trying to think of other cryptids now. Um, Slenderman. <laughs> and oh gosh, the Jersey Devil. The Jersey Devil is the Jersey Devil basically like a Tasmanian devil. No, but sure. <laughs> it was a video game with like a purple guy. Oh, I did not know Jersey Devil was the name of a video game. Sure. Okay, the Jersey Devil from the Jersey Devil video game. Can I see a picture? Oh yeah, I remember that. That was a cool that was a cool looking video game that I may have played briefly once. Um so Kraken Jersey Devil or uh oh Slenderman. Um Okay, that's what the Jersey Devil's actually meant to look like currently. It's like a winged goat. Yeah, like a winged goat. Okay. Hmm. I mean that feels I would mm. <laughs> marry the Kraken. Yeah, of course. Fuck the Jersey Devil. Okay. Kill Slenderman. That makes sense. Uh, yeah. I mean, the Slenderman, like, static, static, static. Yeah, yeah, we get it. Weird noises behind me. Like, I'm paranoid and jumpy enough as it is. Yeah. Like, you can walk into a room and I'll leap six feet. Yeah. Whereas, like, hey. I'm uh, just very anxious. Flying goat? Sure. Why the fuck not? Yeah, flying goat. Like, cool. We had a time. <laughs> this this happened. You've flown off into the sunset. It I'm glad you were sentient, because otherwise this would have been very weird. <laughs> And wrong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. There we go. That's that. That's the whole thing. Ah, have we got any other questions? Yes. Dungeon Owl asks, new Pokemon Diamond and Pearl. Yes? I'm, I'm, I'm very into them. I know some people are disappointed with the visual style being sort of chibi and retro rather than... Like, I think what a lot of people were expecting was a Pokemon Sword and Shield level uh, presentation, Mm -hmm. or mimicking that. Because that's the past track record of how uh, the Pokemon company has done things, they've used the art style of the most recent mainline game to do their remakes. It makes sense because this is a very specific situation. They are trying to have an offhand new team develop the remakes so that the main team can be focused on something big, ambitious, experimental, um... The, right, right now it was the I, I think it was this or get no Diamond and Pearl remake because they're oh. basically trying to teach the main Pokemon team how to make an open world RPG and all of you who have been begging for an open world Pokemon RPG and for that to be the direction the series goes in hey guess what the price that you've paid on the monkey's paw for that is that you get a chibi Diamond and Pearl remake made by a, a secondary team. I think it looks great, but, like, that's why you're getting this, is so that you can get the big budget thing you've begged for decades for. It did seem like a lot of people wanted a Diamond and Pearl remake. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 the right age that a lot of people who, like, it was their first Pokemon game have mm. had just long enough to get nostalgic for it. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and, it, I mean, we've just had the, the yellow. Yeah, so I yeah. Get, I mean... 
Did we get a silver and gold remake at any Yeah, point? on the DS, Heart Gold uh, and Soul Silver came, and then on the 3DS there was um, Ruby and Sapphire remakes. Okay. So, like, they've been working through the remakes, and this is the next one that people were hoping for. Mm. Look, it still looks better than the, the Ruby and Sapphire remakes did, <laughs> and, like, it, it's the nicest looking previous gen remake you've had in that regard. Just be be happy that they're doing it this way so you get your big open world RPG. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, final question comes from Phoenix. Hi, Phoenix. Hi, Phoenix. They ask. Come on, phone. Twist around. Uh, what fruits do you prefer the juice, juice drink, or fizzy version of? Uh, mm. Do you have a fruit uh, that can uh, you can have in any form- format? E.g., uh, they prefer apple as a juice, strawberry as a dilute drink, and guava as a fizzy pop. Uh, apple as a juice rather than a squash. Blackcurrant as a squash rather than a juice. Orange as a squash rather than a juice. Um, What was the other option? Squash, juice, fizzy. and fizzy. Ooh, mm, what I prefer in fizzy. Mango. Oh, mango as a fizzy. Yeah. Uh, cherry as a fizzy. No, not, not a fan. The only good cherry drink is cherry Pepsi Max. I, I like a good cheap nasty cherry aid. <laughs> I know it tastes kind of like fucking cough syrup. But I don't mind good. I don't mind cherry cherry aid as a mixer for red wine. But I'm the kind of savage that will mix cherry aid and red wine. So. <laughs> um blueberry as a fizzy. Don't think I've ever had blueberry. Oh, blueberry's a good flavour for fizzy. I don't really like blueberry as a fruit, so uh, but I don't like cherries as a fruit. Pineapple is fizzy. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I think a lot of the citrus... As long as it's not too sweet. Yeah, a lot of the citrus flavours mm. as uh, as mm-hmm, fizzies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like lemon is a fizzy. Yeah, but I will have lemon squash and, and lemon juice as well. Yeah, yeah. I like all the lemons I'm going <laughs> you, you got any more of these to throw in? Um, I like apple as a squash, I've recently discovered... I've always been like, nope, nope, why would I do that? I've never tried it, but I don't want to. And then recently I was like, you know what, I'm going to get some. I was like, I mean, it's 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 it's, it's less sugary apple juice. And see, apple I, juice is very sugary. See, I I will have apple squash. It's it's fine. It, it, to me, fine. to me, it either, like, I don't know how to get the balance of apple squash right Okay. That it tastes right, like the, because the good mix. it either is too watery or it's too syrupy. Mm-hmm. I can't find a good mix, okay. and I like apple juice straight as it comes. It's already good, mm. like a reg- uh, regular apple juice, a cloudy apple juice, mm-hmm. apple squash cider. Maybe I'm just not doing it right, but it feels like there's a very thin margin of error for your uh, your strength on it. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, then let's uh, let's span span these fruits one further place. As an alcoholic beverage. Oh, as an alcoholic beverage. Mmm. Cherry is an alcoholic beverage. Like, a cherry alcoholic beverage mixed with, like, a lemonade or something can be really nice. Uh, like a purple rain. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Berry cider. Yeah. Cherries and berry cider. Berries berries and cherries is is the good cider flavour. Mmm. Oh, yeah. There we go. Oh, pears as alcohol. Like a perry. Yeah, I would rather like a pear cider than mm. a pear juice. Yeah, or in, indeed a pear fruit. <laughs> yeah. I, I grew up with a pear tree in the back garden, so like pears and milk was a quote unquote treat. Um, but generally, like pears are either very, very hard because they're yeah. not properly ripe. 
most of the time, or they are absolute squishness. And Again, not a great texture. Very thin line of edibility. Yeah, they 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 have a a a, a moment. A Did you find the twenty minutes in which they were perfect? Multiple occasions when you've got a tree in the back garden, it's a case of can I rescue them before the birds eat them? <laughs> um, like yeah, you get a good squishy fruity one, and that's that's quite nice to eat. But they have this weird bitty texture to them. Mm. It's never quite smooth, and it's like now. <laughs> well, I think that'll do it for questions. It will. Well then, further this. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Brochure Justice Warriors. Brochure Justice Warriors. Yeah. Oh, hello, Barry. How are you doing? Uh, uh, the, the, the anniversary-ness is really... Um, yeah. Yeah. Digging in hard, are we I, I am aware. I'm. I am there. It's happening. It really is. Uh, we're getting to that point where have you have you seen a lot of uh, companies are starting to talk about getting people back in the office? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, my own company is certainly one of them. I'm, uh, yeah. Going to be back in there doing that thing with them boxes. Oh goodness, goodness. Yeah. Uh, it is. It is ridiculous because there is no reason that it needs to be mandatory to bring everyone back into the office. You know. Well, you know they their landlords are probably still charging them for the office space. They are. They landlords are landlords destroying capitalism. <laughs> oh, indeed, indeed. But you know that they are paying the same for the office space, whether you are using up that chair or not, or whether you're here and uh, you know. Uh, it this year has proven that it w- the world will not collapse if people are allowed to work from home. Yeah, but you know how will the managers manage to you know swing their corporate dicks around? Well, exactly. Like make most... sure people are you know really stuck in there in work. I, I honestly feel like most of it is people with job titles like supervisor, Ooh. whose entire job is be physically present and micromanaging, which is more difficult to do. When you are not in the same physical location as them. Yeah, certainly. Certainly yeah. that is uh, like a whole thing. There's a whole thing. Uh, it, I think a lot of it is, it is feeling like you've not got control over your workers. You know, there's not the constant threat of me walking around the corner and seeing what you're doing with work time. How do I know you're working? Yeah. I just, I really, really, really hope that... Uh, maybe this is a futile hope, but I really hope that uh, companies continue to allow certain workers who would benefit from it to work from home because it would be a real shame if this year was the only time that people had accommodations made that were helpful to them it's been it's been a great year i imagine for you know various neurodiverse types of people to find that they're not having to deal with the constant threat of someone might walk up behind them yeah. whether or not that is involved in their work or not you know just the the presence that someone's not you know just just behind them or over their shoulder or near them in an, in a way that they find uncomfortable. All the people who, you know, are struggle to be in loud office environments, perhaps, you know, finding that they've been able to control things a bit more because they've been, you know, able to stay at home. And then, of course, there's, you know, just the, the managers going, oh, well, uh, that's an issue. I don't like it. I need to be able to monitor you at all times. And, and perhaps they're feeling a bit small and, the, and they need... They need that little bit of power back. Yeah. Virtual luck. Virtual luck. Yeah. 
good luck, mate. Good luck. Good luck. Well, uh, I think I might get an early night, mate. Yeah, same, same. Well, sleep well. Sleep well. So, Laura. Yes. Where can we find you on the internet, darling? Laura K. Buzz in all the places. Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. I do little TikTok videos every now and then. Uh, you can find me Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays Twitch streaming over at twitch.tv slash Laura K Buzz mm-hmm. You can find me every Friday on YouTube Uploading episodes of Accessibility Which is a show all about accessibility in the games industry uh, Every Monday I do the closed captions for the Jimquisition Which goes up on YouTube uh, I've got books Uncomfortable Labels It's about being an autistic trans woman It's out now Things I Learned from Mario's Butt. It's about video game character butts. It's out now. Uh, Gender Euphoria. That comes out on June 10th, 2021. It is an anthology of non-cis people's positive gender-affirming stories. That's real soon. It's less than two months away now. It's rapidly approaching. I bought a bunch of new pens with which to do signing. Because <laughs> I'm going to have to sign a lot of books. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's coming out soon. Also podcasts. Pixel Squirt. This is about video game character pornography. Uh, Podquisition, where we tell you whether your favourite video games are great or perfect. Uh, Dice Funk, which is a Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition real play podcast. Every season's its own self-contained story, so you can jump into any season. I'm on seasons 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. I'm also on a podcast with you that isn't this one. It's Polyamory. Yeah. It's a D&D 5th edition real play podcast with questionable morals. We have lots of fun. Uh, we've just had another episode with... Um, uh, trash boy mittens, <gasps> and the team have gone off to a town full of tabaxi <gasps> and, and musical productions. I know sorts. where we're at. You're in Phoenix, though, because it was the only cat town I could think of in a hurry. Um, yeah, uh, we we also have. I also make music under the name Bedroom Programmer. There is a separate SoundCloud for that, but I have a SoundCloud specifically for Polyarmory. And the program and this, where you might be listening to this now. Uh, we've got a Facebook group. I've got a Redbubble where I design t-shirts. Uh, StoneMonkeyRadio.blog where I write predominantly about video games and board games. I've got a YouTube channel, uh, which is mostly VODs of my Twitch streams and Skitchisodes. So if you want to see or, or listen to old jokes from Queer and Pleasant Strangers past... And they are all gathered there together for your enjoyment. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Twitch. I stream every Thursday at 19.30 UK hours, approximately. Uh, come by. I'll probably be playing some Lego Force Awakens while I try and mop up the last few bits in that. And I have a Patreon. That's the one that pays my bills for as little as a dollar a month. You can help me justify a 76-hour work week, please. Uh, yes. And for $10 a month, you can get early access to Queer and Pleasant Strangers and Polyarmory as soon as I've finished editing them, but always before everybody else. Ooh. That's all of my things. Laura! <gasps> Will you sing us out, please, darling? Until next time, be a stranger. Mm-hmm.